You know, we haven't done any episodes on magic in a while. Well, I can't exactly pull a rabbit out of my hat, but I sure can pull an episode out of my ass. Tonight, we've got six spells of illogical illusion. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're discussing illogical illusion. That's right. It's been a long time since we've done another spell episode. And tonight, we've got six wonderful illusionary spells for you to use in your campaign of choice. Because it's been a while, right? Yeah, it's been, what, 20 episodes? Yeah, last one we did was Enlightened Evocation, so go check that out. But before we get to the wonderful spells and why we're doing it, if you haven't yet, please hit the like and subscribe button, help us get our show out to more people, and get notified when awesome episodes come your way. Indeed. And if you're listening to the show, give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. Because it's the right thing to do, and a tasty way to do it. Sure thing. Diabetes. Now... Why are we doing illogical illusions, Matt? Well, like you said, it's been a while since we've done an episode for spells. That's very true. And they're hilarious. We enjoy creating wacky, weird spells for all of you to use. It's true. Illusions are a branch of spells that are way more beneficial than a lot of people give them credit for. Used with the right amount of cleverness or deviousness or just being an asshole. You can really have fun with illusions. It's true. They are also, generally speaking, the best comedic value spells. Absolutely. And we can write spells all day. Yeah. And so this is just a fun one. Haven't done it in a while. And it's something we enjoy doing. It's what you get. Now let's recap our kind of preview for the stupid spells intro because it's been a while. What are we talking about when we're saying a ridiculous spell or stupid spell? Not necessarily dumb. Right. But more of just... Something that is illogical in sure. an illusion spell. So what do we mean? They might they might lack mechanical advantage or, you know, they have a small advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're not min-maxing these spells. No, we definitely are not. They're oftentimes flippant or wasteful uses of magic. In fact, we try to instill some sort of flippant or wastefulness in the spell. I think actually this episode may be the most useful batch of spells that we've done. It's possible. There's a lot of drawbacks in some of them. <laughs> well, details. Something potentially detrimental could happen to the casters as well as their adversaries. And finally. Uh, they're probably amusing. They're very amusing. <laughs> I find all of these hilarious. And remember, why are we making stupid spells? Because wizards exist. Yes. And if you don't believe that wizards would create some outrageous, ridiculous spells... Go take a look at the owlbear or any chimera. My my general argument for why would ridiculous spells exist is this. Look at what technology is capable of doing and look at what we make it do. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums <laughs> it up right there. All right, let's, let's check out some awesome spells, Matt. All right, I think you're actually kicking us off this time. Okay, this evening we have a first level illusion spell. Of course, these are all illusions. Uh, we'll get some name, we'll do the verbic somatic material, we'll do the casting time duration, all that other stuff, and a brief description, and maybe a little bit of story just to kind of whet your appetite as well. Sure. And tonight, the first one is distort attractiveness. All right, how's that work? Well, it's a first level illusion, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Verbal somatic material, the material component is a cracked mirror, which must be passed in kind of a wavy gesture over the face in front of the caster. Okay. 
the crack mirror. Sure. Range of self, one reaction to cast, 30-foot radius. And its duration is one minute, just flat one minute. Okay. Description is as follows. This spell creates an illusionary defense intended to repulse others from engaging in conversation. Upon casting, the spell scours the thoughts of anyone within 30 feet to determine the least attractive features that an individual would find. Get a whiz save for this. Makes sense. It then projects that image onto the caster. Anyone within the range of distort attractiveness would find the caster to exhibit these unattractive qualities. Although collaboration amongst onlookers might determine that the caster has an illusion up because you're looking at the caster and he looks completely different from the other person looking at the caster. Sure. So, you know, it is what it is. Because tastes vary. Tastes do vary, in fact. Additionally, the illusion does not hold up to close scrutiny, particularly if the illusion creates body parts or features that are not within the body range of the caster. So tentacles, crazy eyeballs, or I don't know, looking like Mick Jagger, right? Sure. Anything. This spell does not instill fear, just enough repulsion that people don't want to talk to the caster. I don't want to have this conversation. That's pretty much how the spell was developed. <laughs> and in fact, the story behind this is, this spell was created by Raphagius the Unmarried, an introvert, to get out of talking with others. Nothing else is known about him because he was so introverted. Sure. He just, I'm not interested in this. He didn't want to talk to anybody. Yep. He made the whole spell. This is before he discovered the spell invisibility well obviously because it's first level spell indeed so that's distort attractiveness now i find this absolutely hilarious because before the show matt and i wrote our spells out separately separately and every time almost every time this has happened that you've come up with something similar but different than what i've come up with you have a third level illusion which functions almost identically opposite to distort attractiveness so tell me a bit about glow up all right well glow up is third level illusion spell it's verbal somatic material Mm -hmm. the material component is a disguise kit oh interesting it is one action to cast it can be cast ritually the casting time is one action the range target is self okay the duration is eight hours This illusion subtly enhances all of your best features, boosting your confidence and causing others to react more favorably to you. So it kind of gives you a bump to your charisma, essentially. A little bit, yeah. It's, you know, whether it strengthens your voice or puts a shine in your smile or a dangerous glint in your eye, this spell enhances your ability to sway those you come into contact with. It provides you with a 1d4 bonus on all persuasion, intimidation, deception, and perform checks. Subtle, fun, a little frivolous, right? Sure. But in this case, very useful. It's great for the face of your party or if your bard wants to try and make you guys some extra money. Sure. Now, I mean, I don't think it's as useful as not wanting to talk to somebody, but I mean, that's just a personal <laughs> thing. The difference between introvert and extrovert. Right? I was going to say, this paints a very clear picture of, of which of us is which. Although the irony of all of it is that we're both extroverts in person. so We're both ambiverts. Ambiverts? Yeah. We love attention, we love parties, and then we love to go. That's, yeah. Get my fill and I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Yeah. That's cool. This Both of these spells would be very useful in, for any bard. And we didn't purposely put the actual uh, type of spell because... Well, you could apply them to wizard or cleric or bard. Sorcerer. Sorcerer would be great with these, yeah. 
Michael Warlock. Face Warlock, yeah. Yeah, Faylock. Face Lock. <laughs> Face Warlock. That would be great, right? Absolutely. You know, I was thinking is, uh, what is it, the uh, the Doctor Who episode where it's just the face of Bo? Mm-hmm. Would be a warlock patron of the face of Bo, the everlasting Jack Harkness face. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? And you could be a face lock for real. Indeed. Next, you have a spell called Brocus Somnia. Yes, it's Latin for pants dream. All right, hit me. What you got? It's a fourth level illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, verbal somatic material. The material component is a belt buckle, which the caster unbuckles as part of the spell. Okay. So while you're doing your little chicken dance, you're also unbuckling a, a belt. Makes sense. The range is uh, one action, 120 foot, and it's a target. Concentration up to one minute. Okay. So what does this spell do? Well, the description is, upon casting the Bracca Somnia, the target of the spell, which is a wisdom save, okay. enters a waking dream state, similar to the spell dream. In this state, the target has the following dream. They're in a house of learning, be it a school, clergy, uh, school hard knocks if you're in like an alley or something like that, if you didn't go to school, sure. right? some place that they were learning, surrounded by their peers mm-hmm. or loved ones, and their pants miraculously fall to their feet, causing much embarrassment and hilarity. All right. So I'm ha- you basically cast a spell, they fail the spell, they have a waking dream where their pants fall down in front of everybody in class. Okay. The target of the Bracca Somnia takes a minus two to their AC because their pants are falling down. Sure. A maximum movement of five feet, because they have to shuffle. Sure. And 1d6 psychic damage from embarrassment. Makes perfect sense to me. A target can attempt to save each round to overcome this ridiculous spell, in which case they are unaffected by the Somnia for up to 24 hours. That's, That's it. Make yeah. your pants fall down, right? Or particularly you have a waking dream that your pants are falling down. This is an awesome combat spell. It is. Can you imagine fighting the big bad and his pants fall down? He's always having the waking dream that his pants are falling down while he's fighting and all that stuff. I find this to be hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculously useful. Yes, that's actually quite appropriate. (laughs) Phrase of turn. If the target of the spell told any falsehoods in the last minute preceding the casting of the spell, their subconsciousness causes the pants to erupt in flames. Mm Mm-hmm. Causing an additional 2d6 points of psychic damage each round. I hope people get that. They they better get that. I, I would hope so. This spell has no effect on those who don't wear pants. Team Seder on the ball. There you go. See? Yep. Can't Team Centaur. Can't cast it on the dragon. Nope. Unless the dragon wears pants. So it's only good for pants creatures. Sure. I would also approve of dresses or skirts as well, though. Kilts. Sure. Anything that you're Any, wearing on Anything your, that could bind your ankles from it falling off. Fair enough, yeah. Anything that you wear around your midsection, I would say it'd be fine. Yeah. That's fair. I didn't have a story for that. I just figured it was amusing. <laughs> it is, in fact. But I could see this in a combat situation. This is definitely a bard spell. Or in a debate. Or a trickster cleric spell. Sure. Absolutely. A debate? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be deadly. Because he takes psychic damage. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I'm a nice person. You, I die. you cast a spell, someone's debating another person, like maybe run for mayor, and they just die of psychic damage. Of embarrassment. Yeah. They literally die of embarrassment. Wow, that would be, that'd be, politics are brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for that. I'm just saying. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Bracosomnia. Okay. 
Now behind this mirror, we have what, Matt? The question of the week. All right. What uh, what chicanery do we have this time? For the question of the week, you are an illusionist performing for a kid's birthday party. What is your go-to spell effect to entertain the kids? Obviously, it's going to be an illusion spell, so mm-hmm. any of the D&D spells would work, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I have two answers for this. I know okay. this is surprising to you. The first answer is probably going to be a hallucinatory terrain. Okay. I'm thinking Jurassic Park. All right. Because there's nothing like dinosaurs, right? Yeah. I would probably back that up with a tensor's floating disc or something like that, or some kind of telekinesis effect, because I want them to ride dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah, no, that's awesome. My second one would be weird. Sure. Because... (laughs) You know, because you're you. It just, you know, sometimes things get crazy at birthday parties. You never know. Particularly if there's clowns, I would definitely cast weird or maze. Okay. I don't like clowns. Those are my answers for that. I'd probably go with the first one just because I don't want to murder children with weird. The cool thing about hallucinatory terrain is also even if you're in the middle of like a clear cut backyard, boom, hide and go seek just like that. It's true. You could have just a flat plane and just change it up. You know, hallucinatory terrain is very much like the hollow deck in Star Trek. Very much. 100%. And I'm surprised that you don't throw more training simulations in a D&D game with hallucinatory terrain or programmed image. I do. Well, you do and I do. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, that's, yeah. that's something we didn't come up with because that would actually be useful. Right. But it's definitely something you could do. So... My answer to this question is this. I'm going to do a programmed illusion. The illusion is programmed to make magic happen anytime a child points a stick Mm -hmm. at anyone in the area of effect. It just makes it look like it blasts them? Fireballs, lightning bolts, whatever. So you've got like laser tag basically in a specific area. Yeah, you let kids mage duel. That's awesome. I love that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I would like to do that. That's that's something that I would enjoy doing. Oh, if we if we suddenly crossed over to the different realms and were able to cast spells, yeah, that'd be I'd be playing laser tag. Screw an Oculus, man. That'd be great. Yep. I'm interested to see what your answer would be as well. If you've got one for an illusion based spell, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. And of course you can find us on all of the rapidly expanding social media channels. Indeed. Now, let's get to some additional illusion spells. We've got three more illogical illusions, and Matt, you've got the next one. Tell me a bit about blinding baseline. Okay, so my theory here is a bard goes out with an adventuring group, and they come across things that they can't sneak past because they've got blindsight or tremor sense or just, you know, the anti-sneak senses. Right. It's a second level illusion, verbal somatic material. The lowest string on the instrument is uh, the material component. Because it's a baseline. Exactly. I get it. It's one action. The range is 120 feet and the area is a 20 foot radius. Concentration up to a minute. Makes sense. While incanting the words, you pull the string taut between your hands and pluck it with one finger. 
A deep rumbling bass line resonates through the air and vibrates the ground beneath, foiling keen hearing, tremor sense, and blind sense. This is super useful. Ridiculous, but super duper useful. It is. It's a very niche spell. Yeah, I'm not saying you're going to memorize this every day, but if you've got, I don't know, a land shark or an umber hulk or a deep dragon or anything with blind sense, really. Yeah. Tremor sense. Screw up some Zorn. Think about this. Fuck you, Zorn. <laughs> I got you. I'm going to let my bass line drop. Boom. Yeah, hit you with the bass cannon and then wreck you for your gems. Boom, 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 boom. The other thing is, it's also just a funky bass line. So you could drop this at the start of a party. It is a second level spell. Yeah. Just, you see the wizard just kind of stroll up. I need a beat. <laughs> I would have to start some spoken word stuff going on with this. Sure. Your next spell is one that you had to explain to me because you and I run in different circles at times. What is Unsharp Mask? Well, those of you who work in photography or design will get this immediately. And those of you who don't, you can go look it up. It is a fifth level illusion spell, <laughs> verbal, somatic, and material. The material component is a dark, almost photo-negative looking mask, which the caster dons as part of the spell. Uh, it takes one action to cast, 120-foot cube centered on the caster, so it moves with the caster. Okay. And it's a concentration duration up to one hour. Well, all right. Yeah, lasts a little bit, right? Why a photo-negative mask? So what, what does this do? Well, let me describe, and this may make more sense. This spell overlays a blurred and inverted or photonegative illusion of the existing immediate terrain, spectacularly enhancing certain vision capabilities at the cost of others. Okay. Which is what an unsharp mask does in Photoshop. Gotcha. It makes a blurred image, it's photonegative, and you superimpose it, and it kind of enhances the image itself. Gotcha. So I'm just doing this with magic now. While concentrating on the spell, anyone within the 120-foot cube has advantage on both perception and investigation rolls. Any and all. Okay. Anything that uses those skills, but is limited to 10 feet per round of movement due to the strain of rendering the overlapping illusions. It's got to process it, man. <laughs> it's processing reality. Sure. Viewers within the unsharp mask have a 50% chance to detect invisible or ethereal creatures. You just flip a coin, right? Sure. I can see him or not see him because it's, again, it's rendering all this you know, stuff. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Because if there's if there's any wave or anything like that, it's going to be sharpened and highlighted. Yeah, so it's going to appear so you can kind of detect that aberration. Additionally, fine details can be picked out easily from afar, but upon close inspection within the cube, everything appears blurry. Treat this as being farsighted. Again, unsharp mask kind of sometimes makes things blurry on close inspection. Mm, okay. Everything outside of the 120-foot cube seems blurry and poorly detailed from within the cube. So, if they've got a heavy crossbow, you're... You're out of luck. You're in trouble. Yeah, you're out of luck. Look, everything inside looks great. You know, you've got a 120-foot cube. Most likely won't hurt you too much, but you know, could potentially be your downfall. Finally, anyone entering or exiting the unsharp mass cube must make a deck save or fall prone due to the contrast and detail changes of the real world. It's realer than real. 
It's digital. <laughs> this spell was created by the famous gnome wizard and astronomer Contraxis the Stargazer, who caused his whole party to be eaten by a horde of mimics while they were distracted. Oops. Eh. <laughs> See, it's because they didn't spot him at 120 feet. That out. is exactly what happened, yeah. And he's trudging along the dungeon, you know. He's looking at all the fine detail, picking out all the magic objects that have been cleverly hidden away. And sure. then the mimics come creeping up. Well, you know, they found all the traps. Maybe it was one of the holiday horror mimics. Looked like a present. And then the, the pheromones. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go check out our holiday horrors episode. Sure. Now, you have the final illusion, Matt. I do. And it is hellish illusion. It is. In fact, it is called illusionary hellscape. Yes. This one is less silly and... Uh, Downright mean? <laughs> it's rude. It's just mean. And I like it's it. Not even, it's not even ludicrous, I would say. Nope, nope. This one's just mean. But you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta do that. Yeah. You gotta teach people a lesson. Yeah. All right. So talk to me about illusionary hellscape. It's fourth level illusion, obviously. It is verbal and somatic, no material. Nah, you don't need it for this. No. The casting time is one action. The range is 60 feet. It's one target. Duration is concentration up to three rounds. Only three rounds? Well, unless you upcast it. I see. Okay. So what's the description? The mind of the target is seized by visions of a soul-wrecking hellscape. At the casting of the spell and the start of each of the caster's subsequent turns, the target must make an intelligence save or their body begins to react to the perceived stimulus. Okay. They gain one point of exhaustion each time they fail a save. So they, they believe that they're in a hellscape. Yes. And they're dying of exhaustion. Exactly. Like heat stroke, right? If you, Depending on where you are, that kicks in very quickly and exhaustion is one of the first symptoms of it. I see. I would also say the illusion of being stuck inside a DMV or other bureaucratic building could also cause exhaustion per round. Indeed. Does it have to be hell? It as doesn't. hot hellscape it could be any type of hell in your mind. It's very true. There's a couple teachers that uh, I could definitely see that applying to. So they're sitting here perceived in hell. Mm-hmm. Taking exhaustion, mm -hmm. subsequently probably about to die. What else is going on here? Well, a successful save doesn't end the spell. It only prevents that round's point of exhaustion. On the target's turn, they can act normally because they perceive everyone else to be in the hellscape with them. Okay. So if there's a pitched battle going on, then they still perceive their opponents and their friends. They're just a pitched battle in a hellscape. For every level above fourth level, the spell lasts an extra round. For those of you who don't know exhaustion rules, what is it like? After six exhaustion levels? After a certain number, they're dead. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is if you're willing to cast this at ninth level, you traded out the meteor swarm for it, right? So, Which is immediate damage right. versus perceived damage. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's fair. If you want to if you want to upcast it that far just to murder somebody with exhaustion. Sure. And some people deserve to have it coming just like that. Just them while they freak out in the middle of a crowd. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> just watch them go, ah! Now, my, my one level of balance for this is that 
targets may only be affected by this spell once per long rest. And that's, you know, so that you and me and Frank and Bob don't all roll up on the dragon and just be like, exhaust to death. Dragon's in a series of hellscapes which you cannot escape from. It's having a schism in its mind as it's fighting all four spells. I'm hot and cold and I'm at the DMV at the same time. I'm dying. That'd be hilarious too. It would. And having to take a Latin test while you're in there. Absolutely. (laughs) So there you have it. Six illogical illusions for you to use in your campaign to delight your players, screw up your monsters, and basically wreck shit. Sure. Any questions or comments? Hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. Did you enjoy this program? We hope so. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also click the five stars. You can give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Hit the like and subscribe button. It gets you notifications on when we post more content. It helps get our show in front of more people. And it feeds the hungry algorithm. He's currently making the illusion that our show is very popular. That'd be nice. I like that. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Music by D20. This is a subterranean production. Bump with the boop, da.